Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV. Chris and Bill Tenney Britton here today to talk about effective leadership selection. How do you choose the leaders for your church? You know, and we're not talking about clergy. We're talking about ministry leaders, volunteers, uh, unpaid staff, that group. Yeah. So I want to do, when we talk about leaders all the time, we've gotten tripped up and we've really played with this over the years. And, And that's to say, a lot of times we think of clergy and leaders. And so we want to think of clergy's clergy as leaders, but not the only leaders. So often when we talk about leaders, we're talking about leaders in the church, both clergy and non-clergy. In this case, though, today, as you just said, we're not talking about clergy selection here, although it really can apply. We're talking about leader leader (laughs) selection. Leader leader selection. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, to to be fair, that is often in October, Kind oh, of mercy. conversation. Yeah, yeah. September, um, October. The yeah. church I was at uh, uh, most recently when I retired from, um, they started the nominating committee, the, the leadership search. The, oh, we're going to have someone for um, panic mode in August because. Yeah, they, I have know, seen so. it in June even. So right. they start to apprentice one another. I've been Which with is a awesome, of an awesome them. practice. I, I agree. Awesome practice. But we, we want to we, we talk about it now because. Leadership development and leadership selection is an ongoing thing. It's not a one-off thing. We want to be bringing in, raising up, identifying, coaching, um, and selecting leaders year-round as as they pop up. And pre- well, right, exactly. So that when those positions pop up, which invariably they often usually do, that we're prepared with that. But also, I mean, eventually they're going to pop up, and you. This is all part of that, right? We keep talking about apprenticeship over these years, about discipling. We talk about that over these years. And and this is another degree of all of that, but specifically now about those, hopefully we've been apprenticing and we've been raising up. And now how are we going to choose those to be in the right places? Exactly, exactly. So one of the things I just want to point out is that there's a huge difference between a business leader and a church leader. Yes. A, a, a business leader, their bottom line, depending on the business, but normally, is you know um, profit, and that's I don't mean that at all pejoratively or negatively. That's what a business leader should do. That's yeah. the, right. to bring value right. to the customer um, and still make a profit. And if you're in a publicly held kind of um, organization, then you know to bring a profit to the shareholders. Right. You know that, that that that's their job. Right now, businesses and including small businesses, um, you know that they, they operate on the same basic principle. The church. Unfortunately, some far too often falls into the same kind of category where finances or or those kind of operating concerns become the primary driving uh, force of the congregation. Now, I I just want to say that I don't know what size church you're in, obviously, because I'm talking to a lot of people. But here's here's the deal: is that probably 
your church is managing as many assets in terms of of uh, buildings and property and you know um, funding and uh, you know all that stuff. Yeah, uh, you're probably managing more assets than a lot of the small businesses yeah, in your true. in your city. Right. So there is a sense where good business acumen have, is right. a smart thing. Jesus right. even says that. I, I wish we were, that, that the people of light were a little brighter when it comes to managing money yeah, and right, managing right. what they have. Right. But but, but exactly. There's the but. Do you want to run this? Yeah, but the but is, with all respect to people out there, just because you're a good secular business uh, leader doesn't make you necessarily a good church leader. Well, that the there isn't that that and and uh, again, hopefully and ideally, people uh, we're we are being raised and our spirits are growing, our faith is growing. But more than just our faith, our our, our uh, ability to be disciples, followers of Jesus. Who who let his light shine through us? Whose practices, uh, his practices, right, are what our guiding principles become. And and yeah, and our behavior. That, uh, well, that's exactly that's right. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, our behaviors uh, are are the result of this change within us, or or this way of living that we uh, that who we are is what we do, right? right. And unfortunately, a lot of what we do doesn't reflect who we want to be. Right. Does that make some sense? Yeah. yeah. So I'm always saying that just because that person works in a bank, you know, or is even I've seen this with a bank president, even though they're a bank president, it doesn't necessarily make them a good board chair or a good treasurer. Right. Uh, maybe, well, yeah, or, I wouldn't even or say not, Or a stewardship chair. Or a stewardship right. chair, you know, right. There's, there's other criteria that you would want to look at. And right. in fact, and that's, that's, where, that, that's what we're here to talk about. And, right. and, and I want to say that um, one of my favorite passages for um, debunking pastor fetch um, and and so on. It has been Acts six one I to six. Love Acts it's six one of my seven. favorite passages, and and the the reason why it's one of my favorites is because it so succinctly shows a leadership selection process that we miss so very often. And so we're not going to read it to you. I'm not putting it up on the screen. Go get your Bible and and you can follow along in Acts six. Verses 1 to 6 we're going to look at. Chapter 6. Let's yeah, be yeah, clear about yeah, that, chapter right? Chapter 6, verses 1 the to book 6. Of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, 5th book of the New Testament, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. All right, and, and, and here's the synopsis of what's going on. Okay. All right, so there's a the church has grown. Now, from Acts 1, we have a church of 120 people. They're in that, that first prayer meeting, 120 people. Um, as far as we know, that's about how many folks they had in the church. Then comes Pentecost Sunday, and there's this. And it's you know, not a building church, right? I mean, yeah, let's yeah, be yeah, clear, yeah, right? Yeah, right? I mean, it's a dispersed group that come together uh, in the synagogues, right? To well, except to for in this case, in this case, we see them in an upper room upper because room. it was okay, unsafe that's to right. be that's in the right. synagogue. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so right. but it's a, a kind of a dispersed, or I, I like to think of it as a house church church, right? right? Exactly. Okay. All right. Small so groups. there's 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 120 of them though. Total 120 people, and then comes Pentecost. Peter preaches the sermons of all sermons. Oh my goodness. The Holy Spirit falls could. upon the whole whole place, and they have 3,000 households come to Christ, say, what must we do? Get baptized. And the church becomes, went from 120 members to 3,000 households. And let's oh, be honest, you know, that. That, that it's 3,000 households. How many members is that? Well, if you just round it, I'm going to say probably a 
hubby, wife, and we're going to say one, say one kid, kid average. Okay, so that's three. So in one day, they went from 120 to 9,000 people. 9,000 people. It became a mega, mega church. A huge <laughs> mega church. Bigger than some of your little town that you live in. Exactly, exactly. So, so that happens. And, and you know, things get going and et cetera. And the church is beginning to take care of itself. And, and we get to chapter 5, the story of Anna, Annas and Sapphira, yes. our first crisis in the church. Um, and the, the hypocrisy is not tolerated by the Spirit. Um, but by the end of that chapter, they're no longer a church of 3,000. They're a church of 5,000. So when we get to Acts chapter 6, there are about 15,000 people associated with the church in, you know, in, in the Jerusalem, Judea area. Now, I want to I break in here. Because you're going to correct me when I know that I'm going to be wrong, but hopefully we'll be right. I, mean, I just went back us up to the end of chapter one, where it talks about how the church is, you know, what the expectations now of this new movement, right? That's a church that um, that they're taking care of one another. They sell possessions, individuals that, that's, sell that's possessions. That's in chapter four. Oh, darn, I thought it was chapter two, and then I no. was guessing it. Okay, but the well, in, end of, in, in but it's two, touching and all in of the that. Chap, in chapter two, they, they are um, heeding and listening to the apostles. Right. They're meeting and, and going from home to home. And things are really great, and people are like, woo-hoo! Right. Yeah. 2.42 so, to 47. That's right. right. So they're, <laughs> my husband, the Bible scholar, and any of you taking New Testament with me next month, shh, you didn't hear me say any of it. <laughs> okay, anyways, let's do it. I just don't memorize All right, very so, well. So okay, in chapter four, we have, we have the whole story of Barnabas, and right. he's selling his property. Right. And he's not the only one, but he's nope. the one who's lifted up as doing it. That's right. So anyway, here's, here's the deal, They're taking care folks. of one another. We get, to act, that? we get to Act 6, and what happens? Well, there's 15,000-ish people, and in that 15,000 people, remember, there's no Social Security, no food, no, no, so, um, yeah. no uh, food stamps or anything Pensions. like that from the government. Um, and so th the church is taking care of its own. They are focusing on its own. They take care of each other, one another. And there's a food pantry. Be go ahead, go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I hate calling it a food pantry because people think, oh, the food pantry, it's where people from the community come to get food. But we, what we can't let out, what we really want, I, I think we want to stress, we talked about this we earlier, definitely want to right? focus on it, and is, mind you. Yeah, is that these are people in the church. They're right. not like having, it's they, not they, like they weren't a food feeding pantry. All, yeah, they, it wasn't yeah. that anyone in Jerusalem could say, oh, I need some food. Right. It I was mean, for the members. This, the, members the members, right? They took care of one another, right. and in this case specifically, what they're the, whom they're caring for are uh, widows and, and and children, widows and orphans, and orphans. right? Okay, and, you know, single moms, and 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 probably that would be expanded to people who could not work. You know, right? The the, the guy who the. Oxford who had been healed yet or, or whatever. whatever. Right, yeah. right, right. Right, and that's so important because we spend more time trying to take care of the needs of everybody out there than the cares the of the those that are within right. our congregation. Right. So we want to make that real, real clear here. However, there's a problem. Yeah. In this, I'm going to continue to call it food pantry just for the for sake feeding of program. Yeah, feed, feeding program, but the food pantry. And the food pantry is kind of messing up because apparently... 
the the Greek speaking Jewish Christians. Remember, at this point, everyone on the church in the church is by and large a converted Jew, uh, Jewish person. The, the, so the Greek speaking Jewish Christians are not getting included completely, at least in the distribution. They're not the, the getting daily as much. distribution yeah. of the food, and the Hebrew speaking Jewish Christians are kind of doing pretty well. And so a delegation, apparently, um, probably from the Jewish side of the, or the, the Greek-speaking exactly. side of the, of, the, of the group, goes and pounds on the, on the denominational door or the, the pastor's door and says, hey, you've got a problem. We need you to step in and we need you to run the food pantry so that everyone gets what they need to go. You got to fix it. That's right. You got to fix hey, it. Hey, pastors. Right. It's, you got to fix you gotta it. You got to step in and fix it. And the pastor's... At that point, Peter and the rest, they stick their heads together and go, yeah, no. And so in Acts 1 to 6, we see four criteria for leadership selection in the church. They raise up, they raise up people, leaders, to handle the problem. They refuse to put the monkey on their back. They say, whoa, hang on, this is a membership issue. We're going to let the members uh, take care of it, but we're going to give you some guidance on how to make that happen. Okay, so I just want to give a little twist to this story, and the deal here is that the apostles, right, the right. The, the, the head of the church, the pastors, okay, right. the pastors, said, that's not our job. Right. They said, our job is to pray and to teach, and so that's what we've got to be about. You guys, gals, well, they were guys. Um, it's your case. job well, to be the whole serving. Church, well, yeah. right. I mean, everybody. And, you know, my guess is definitely there are women helping with serving, oh, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Well, and we food know distribution. Philip's daughter was out busy prophesying yeah. and So there, so you know, the food distribution, not the food bank. Uh, anyways, so, uh, but it is, okay, they're real clear. The These apostles, they're real clear. So pastors, here's that little little piece here. But this is why it's so important to me. Your job is to teach and to uh, and to pray and to build leaders. Right. Okay, and go so, ahead. And, and there's more to it than that, but we'll, this, this is not, we'll this do that is another not what time. That about. Yeah. Okay, here's the deal. Four tools that we find from Acts 6, 1 to 6, and we want to go through them because we're about halfway through the program, and we want to make sure we give each of them their due. Okay. So number one, effective church ministry is team-based. The, pa- the, the pastors got together, and they said, what are we, we going to do? And they said, oh, I got an idea. Right, oh, right. we got okay. it. All right. So they went out and they said, listen, pick seven folks. Pick seven. I'm, you know, seven is a lovely number. It's a good number. We don't know why they picked seven, but maybe because, you know, if they were, if, if this food pantry, this food distribution was going on, and let's just say 1% of the, of the church was, needs uh, food distribution. Was a need. Was a need, right? 1%. That's 150 meals a day. Actually, it's not. It's uh, I, three, 450 meals a yeah. day if you get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But there's 150 people, families, who are depending families. on this every single day. That's a big job. And so, they, so the apostle said, hey, pick seven. Seven people. It's a team-based ministry. And the reason team is so important in the church is because, folks, one person who has a ministry, that's, that's, that's their ministry. God bless them. It's not a church ministry. It's that person's ministry. Okay. Go ahead. So, right. So they have seven, and I think part of it is it's an odd number, right? So you've got the Greek-speaking uh, speaking Jews. You've got the Hebrew-speaking Jews. So there never could be, hey, they're this way or that way. You can can take it. Right. You yeah, know, we have no idea how they that. divide it up. Right. We, we okay. look at the right. names, and they're pretty Greek, most right. of them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, and... 
it is team-based. And I'm sorry, I just, I'm not sorry. I, I don't see Philip and the other guys and Stephen standing out there handing, being the ones who hand out the food. They're the ones who are well, uh, leading up that, right, they're raising up other people. They're putting those teams together. So let's talk about that. They're yeah. not the ones. They're not the doers. Who are, they're, they're the they're leaders. leaders. Right. right. They, they, they aren't up the clergy, the but they're, they're not and standing they're the in there and serving the food. They may have now and again, right. but they did it to train others. Okay, that's right. That's, okay, again, that's we're, we're, we're training. Yeah, but I do again. I want yep. us to be yep. clear. Yep. So number one, effective church ministry is team-based. Team based. Any ministry you have in your church. So let's say vacation Bible school. Boy, we do this a lot. Some a lot. We we um, we find one person who's a doer, someone who's you know well they really love working, and they put them in charge of vacation Bible school, and that person has trouble. Sometimes that not it. This is not always the case, but they'll have trouble recruiting a team, leading a team. I worked at a church once that they had a, um, a a couple of gals who were really, really, really creative, and they put together a Christmas Eve service for the kids. And it was, like I say, it was fabulous. But this these this two gals recruited people from the church and got quite a group of people who were willing to help. And when they showed up two hours early to help help set things up, these two gals had no way had they didn't know how to say, "Will you do this? Will you do this?" That I I, I walked in and the volunteers had would come. They were standing over off to the corner, and uh, I was there when someone said to um, the person who was putting tablecloths on all the tables, these plastic tablecloths, said, "How can we help?" and this gal said, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out as she's putting tablecloths on it. It's like, you know, someone else could do that. Yeah. <laughs> you were doing something else. Well, but I, doers do. Right. Boy, we need doers. But leaders lead. And they're able to go, see it. See they the, delegate. Yeah, they're able to say, this is what needs to happen. Hey, can you take care of that? Right. They do, but they're doing is delegating. Right. Right. Well, and, right. And I, yeah. Right. I mean, you mentioned vacation Bible school. And I remember the first vacation Bible school that I put together. And I'd been, you know, I'm a baby Christian. I can't believe they trusted me with this. And they'd sent me off to trainings. <laughs> warm, and, warm body yeah, with a pulse. Yeah, I mean, really. And I, I had a desire, <laughs> and I wanted to serve the Lord. And I wanted something for, for our daughter, you know. And and so I uh, uh, I went, and I Kathy Mullins, bless you, Kathy, if you're watching watching this, like my dear, dear best friend, was, she was there with me, and we put it together, and if anybody, you know, we had volunteers, but we had done everything, and I was so exhausted, and the day before it had started, and Mac Pittner, this woman in her 80s, she checked in on me, I was walking past her house, she lived up the street, and she said, come on over here and sit, you know, because they had a front porch, so I sat actually on the stairs, and Mac said, how are you? And I said, I'm really tired. She said, my my first vacation Bible school, everything was ready to go. And I sat on my front stairs and I cried because I was so tired and exhausted. I couldn't even get there the first day. So, you know, it is that they ask you and you want to do well. You don't want to say anything. But please, if you're asked to lead anything, know that what you do is delegate and raise up other leaders, That's right. right? Okay. Okay. That's so number one. Number one. Number effective two. church leaders are disciples. This goes back to that. Um, is that goes back to you may be a good business leader in the community, but that doesn't necessarily make you a good church leader. So are you being disciples discipled? Are, are you, you behaving like are a you disciple? behaving like a disciple? Are you being raised? Are you allowing yourself to be mentored, discipled? And are you in a discipleship program? How's your prayer life? And here's here's the point. 
is that never mind what you're doing. If you're on the selection team in the church, you're saying, are they in? Yes. Are they behaving right. like this? You know, hey, this person's willing to be our treasure. Do they behave like a disciple? Right. Are they, do they have, a, do they have a spirituality? So, I mean, here's, let's go back to the, the, the first, the, the disciples, the apostles. They come out and they say, select seven people who are, um, they're, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. They're, they're spiritually centered and grounded. They're and asking, you can see first it. thing they're saying is, are these people disciples of Jesus? Because if right. they're not, they're not going to serve in leadership. Right. And the way to measure this, and we've talked about this Absolutely. before. It's measurable. Yeah. Um, I, first church I served uh, as a solo minister, and I the people in leadership were god-awful. And we were in a nominating committee. I hadn't been there for very long. And uh, and we got to that point of, well, so-and-so said he would if you can't find anybody else. I'm like, well, we don't want them. Well, if, if they're willing. Nope. If they don't want to, we don't want them. And some of the behavior, a lot of the behavior uh, among people in leadership positions was atrocious. It was just ugly and mean. And so I uh, took these little apple things. Yeah, it, like, I wouldn't like apple. Yeah, yeah, like at Hobby Lobby. Right. Yeah, little, little wooden. Ones, uh, yeah. yeah. And so I took the small ones and I wrote the fruit of the nasty, not the, the well, the I put on big apples, the fruit of the spirit. From Galatians 6? Yes, yeah. yes. And then on all of the other ones, I put the nasty, rotty little things and the, I turned it the, into... The fruit of the flesh. Uh, yeah. And it's the rotty, fleshy stuff. Yeah. And so then, or the fleshy stuff that's rotting. Okay. Anyways, and I made a mobile out of this. Now, anybody can do this because I am not creative, like, at all. And uh, not handy-dandy. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, guy, like, creative in my head, but making it come out. But I sat there with that nominating team committee and said, okay, well, as we look at each person, what fruit do they have? Do they have any fruit or do they have more rotty, fleshy stuff? And we just went through and started eliminating people. But then what that allowed us to do is to start to bring other people into leadership. And today I would say into leader um, leader preparation. Develop. Yeah, leader development. development yeah. Um, because they had such beautiful gifts. Okay, so number one, team-based ministry. Number two, the leaders that you're raising up in, or want to put into the position, are, are they disciples of Jesus? I, I use a technical term. I talk about church members versus disciples. And, and don't get me wrong, a lot of church members, some church members, are disciples. Um, and it, it, hopefully every disciple is a church member. But the bottom line is when I say church member, I mean the people in the pews overall. And a disciple, they're the ones who are really, they're the ones you want in leadership positions. Okay. Moving on. Three. Number three, effective church leaders have a history of making good decisions. The, the, the apostles say, raise up seven among you who are filled with the Holy Spirit and are wise. Their wisdom. They have a history of making good decisions. You know, I'm, that, I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, that's, that's enough, yeah, right? That's, that's spot on. You know, and and what gets us to number four, Yes. which is, go Effective ahead. church leaders have a positive reputation. I'm, I'm going to place with that too. They have favor of people, okay. right? Do they yep. have favor among the people? Do they have a good, uh, are they people of uh, good repute? Rapport. Uh, not yeah. rapport, yeah. not yeah. ill repute, so to right. speak, yeah. right? So, and that really kind of goes with the one that we just right. talked about and actually the Holy Spirit. Sure. The, you know, are they spiritual? How do you know they're spiritual? Because we've seen them be behave 
like a Christian. We've, we've seen them behave. When they get into a, dis, a, um, a disagreement with someone, they don't lose their Christianity. Right. They, they, they are uh, kind. They may be, this is how I really think it ought to be, right. but they're not ugly. They don't call names. They don't say, well, I'm taking my rottles and going home. I'm not going to, I'm going to quit. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm not going to give anymore. Well, if you, you know, ever that, have, you have people bu- that. bullying behavior. Bullying and terrorism, yep. right? I mean, you just, if people are showing that, they're like, off the consideration yeah, chart, yeah, right? Yeah, they don't get they, to serve. And, and you if you say, yeah, service. but I love this. I think our son-in-law told <laughs> the other day that whenever you say the word but, you negate everything that came before, before it, right? Yep. So, yeah, there is no but about that. If they're uh, they're threatening well, yeah, but to you, but this you know, or not do that. But you know, he's got a good heart. You yeah, know, but. He just, yeah, that's but, it. There, yeah. And maybe their life will turn around, but But let's but get it turned around before they get, right, we put them in that, leader position. That goes back to number two, that right. they have to be disciples. So I, I do want to say about having a positive reputation. Um, it's that and making good decisions and uh, disciples that it's not a much, it's not as much what they do. Because I was thinking, okay, you ask these questions of each person you're considering, and you might before say, before you talk to them, right? And yes, yes, right. yes, yeah. yes, yeah. that you're yeah. considering is the magic right. word there in big old capitals. Um, that they uh, that they're disciples, and so you ask, when have you seen them act as a disciple? And and the question some people will answer, I can hear this in my head now, is well, they um, come to church. Every they week. come to church. They come to our prayer group. They do this, but right. the question comes back, isn't a right? And participation in Bible studies, and yeah. it's how is how do you see that? How do you know uh, what is it? And and you know, again, a positive reputation. What ugly have you heard? Now, people will say ugly things about me from time to time, believe it or not. And, you know, I've been called, like somebody once called me many years ago and said I was opportunistic as though that was a bad thing. <laughs> I just was confused. But those things can, you know, rub on on reputation. So you take that into place uh, and you look and you see and what patterns right. do you see? Right. Okay. Making good decisions, disciple of Jesus, and they have the team base, and they have a positive reputation. I want I want to yeah, say that the positive reputation from you know it's important because because we hope they have a positive reputation in the church, but do they have a positive reputation in the community yes, as well? Yes, yes, yes. Do they yes. wear their Christianity on their on you know as a Sunday morning hobbyist? Or do they take it and do they live it in the community? And right. here's here's the last bit about having a positive reputation. If you have a positive reputation in the community and in the church, it makes it so much easier to raise up people to follow you if people go, I admire that person. Right. I, I want to be like them. I want to be like them. I, 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 I really would like to yep. work with them, yep. for them, etc. Yep. A positive reputation helps to build a church, yep. folks. Okay, so I have to jump ahead to chapter seven in Acts, okay? Right. Because I, I love this. They go chapter six and chapter seven go together. And and so really in the end of chapter six, I mean Stephen, uh, one of those disciples, Stephen, he's our deacons. deacons. Yeah, he's already seven. started like speaking on God's behalf. Right. And he by, starts preaching. Woohoo. He, he take he he builds his reputation in the community. And he's showing his discipleship and right. his faithfulness to not just this church, but to Jesus. That's where he's getting into trouble. And 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 then it's now people 
people are really ticked at him, so they start telling lies. The next thing you know, they're they're stoning him. Right. They stone him martyr. to death. He is right. our first martyr. And um, but I love it because in some of our traditions, like the love church it. disciples, right. well, no, I love right. it because in the Christian church disciples of Christ, and and I know some other churches, Church of Christ, have deacons, and like deacons are those who help in baptisms or or help serve communion they, and right. stuff they, like they, that, they, right? They're, they're plate servers. But but what we're talking about are leaders who are standing up, speaking out their faith, they're right? Their they're faith. living, living their, their faith. faith. And not in all the of you and outside of the church. Right. And not all of you and not all the people in your in your church have that gift to speak uh, aloud to witness if you will. But but the depth of his heart and his spirit and his relationship with Christ. And the only other of those seven deacons, the only other one that we hear about is Philip. And same thing with Philip. He just speaks out. Well, no. Okay. Well, at some point he did. Well, yeah. But yeah. But but he he spoke out and on behalf, not in a way like Stephen did, but in his own way. That's That's right. right. He did it one-on-one. Okay. I'm done preaching. So here's the deal, folks, is, you know, (laughs) We can learn a lot from Acts 6, 1 and 6 in terms of how do you raise up leaders in your church? How do you choose who serves? And I think we've given you a pretty good outline of what it takes this year as you begin looking for leaders. And getting ready for raising. Look for people who have good fruit, fruit of the Spirit. They're disciples of Jesus Christ inside and outside. They have a history of making good decisions and they have a reputation. People would like to be a part of their ministry. Yes, we are out of time. Nice. It's good to see you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.